When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Lord Almighty, I feel my temperature rising mm-hmm. Football fever is burning through to my soul yeah. Cats, 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 you're gonna set me on fire mm-hmm. My brain is flaming, but I know just where to go Yeah The bill will be a rockin' And Bosco for your talking Purple love Purple love Bosco boy Oh, just a hunk of hunk of purple love And just a hunk of hunk of purple love And the boneheads are talking purple Boom, the boys are back and it is time to talk about a, well, I would call a really good game versus uh, a Troy team who I think is going to win the Sun Belt. Uh, you know, we'll, we'll talk about it. There, there are a few things that might have been concerning. Uh, I'm nowhere. I, I I think I tweeted out, oh, we're in the danger zone. I was spazzing out a little bit, but ultimately that was uh, about as comfortable as a win as you could have thought would have happened. Um, absolutely pumped, absolutely uh, pleased, and I think it was the perfect game to have uh, in the perfect performance before taking on the Missouri Tigers out in Columbia, what, in five days from the time you guys are listening to this? Six days from recording? Um, I'm already excited for that one. There's going to be plenty of time to talk about it. Uh, but, you know, let, let's talk about this Troy game first and foremost. You guys know me. I, I if, you, if you don't want to hear me talk about, uh, you know, the crowd and some, some stuff like that, uh, you know, skip forward like three, four minutes. But uh, sellout crowd. Uh, just under 52,000, um, another game over capacity. Honestly, I, I was surprised by the crowd for the 11 a.m. game in the sun. Uh, I got scorched a little bit. My, my arms got scorched a little bit, uh, but I thought it was a good crowd. I thought the students packed out their sections once again. Um, shout out to the band and the alumni band. It, it, it was a festive atmosphere, and I, and I really... I really am pleased to see that. Again, when you're selling out games, uh, it, it doesn't always mean that the crowd is going to be raucous. It doesn't mean that everything's going to be filled. And was it the most raucous game ever? No. Was it truly the most sardine-packed game? No. But when you're playing an 11 a.m. game versus Troy, again, not a big-name opponent, but I think that K-State fans, uh, at least the ones I talked to in the stadium before the game, understood the brevity of this game and the intelligence in the uh, in the uh, fan base for this game, I, I, I was surprised by. So, p- pumped with that. Pumped, uh, you know, full-blown purple smoke, pyro. Got a flyover. 
um, some of the pyro, some of the fireworks, actually, <laughs> I was a little worried. I was a low-flying uh, plane uh, coming out of St. Joseph, Missouri. Um, and I'll be honest, I was a little worried that the fireworks were going off. It looked like it was a little close, but uh, the fanfare was there. It, it was everything that you want college uh, college football Saturday to be, um, and, and I was pumped. I was pumped. I was pumped all the way through. Um, again, big win, 42-13. to 13. Um, Good teams win, great teams cover. Um, we definitely covered the number. I'm not sure where the over-under cover, or where the over-under... Yep, sorry about that. So at, at Caesars, which is what I'm seeing uh, on, on the ESPN app, the line closed at K-State minus 15, blew that out of the water. Over-under was 50, so that cashed as well. So if you had... K-State and uh, the over, you were making money. I know I placed a bet on K-State minus 16, uh, so I, I was feeling good for most of that game. Um, got the job done. Again, we'll, we'll nitpick a couple things. We'll talk about a few things, but ultimately a game like that, uh, I come away super impressed, super pumped. Uh, when you look at the full game stats, Full game stats, K-State 20 first downs to uh, Troy's 15. K-State much better on third down efficiency versus last week, going 10 of 15. And this is where the defense was great. Troy, 6 of 17 on third down and 1 of 3 on fourth down. That was absolutely massive for K-State. Their defense on third and short and fourth and short, both just great. I, I, I was pumped, whether it was sneak attempts, whether it was line up and go, whether it was trick plays, K-State's defense on third and fourth down were absolute nails. K-State outgains them 397 yards to 286. Uh, K-State 147 rushing yards, only good for 3.9 yards per attempt. Again, we'll, we'll kind of talk about the cause of that. Uh, Troy only 70 on 2.5 yards an attempt. Uh, talk about a change from what Troy did last year or last week. We talked about it in the preview episode. Their running back was averaging 10 yards a touch last week in K State uh, for the most part, outside of one really long run, uh, shut them down. Penalties a little bit of an issue. Five for 45. Not great, not horrible. Uh, we turned the ball over once, Will Howard interception. Uh, we turned them over twice, uh, forced a couple fumbles that they recovered. Uh, Troy played a clean game, only 3 of 22 when it comes to penalties. Ultimately, though, um, I, I, I do think uh, Troy probably feels that it was closer than the final score. I don't. I, I, I truthfully believe uh, that this could have been uh, an even... Uh, bigger uh, win for K-State. Uh, I think this could have been a 50-55 point performance from the offense. They had their struggles. We'll talk about that here in a second. But ultimately, I thought this was a very business-like win. I think it was a game that gave them confidence. And again, it was a team that helped ramp things up for the game versus Missouri and get you ready for Big 12 play as well. Uh, Troy is going to be probably better 
then Houston. I, I think Houston's going to be really bad. Uh, but but from here on out, it, it is only going to get better, and I'm glad we had that ramp up. Before we specifically start talking about the offense as a whole, remember our show is sponsored by Manhattan Brewing Company. I know I'm going to get into the brewery here on probably Thursday or maybe Friday morning, right when they open, so I can take as much Manhattan Brewing Company behind enemy lines that I can going to Columbia, Missouri this Saturday. Columbia doesn't have anything up to the standard of Manhattan Brewing Company, and honestly, not many places do. It's the best beer in the state of Kansas. I know the town we eat, oh, it is delicious, but they just got a fresh fresh batch of tasty IPA. It doesn't matter what type of beer you like. They have it for you in the tap room. And again, be polite, but ask. Keep asking your local liquor stores. I keep hearing of great success stories saying, hey, I want Manhattan Brewing Company. They're like, oh, I didn't know they distributed. And then it's in their liquor store. So if you want Manhattan Brewing Company beer, just ch- just chat. Just a little chit-chat with your local liquor store and help, help to make that happen. Manhattan Brewing Company, I guarantee your favorite beer is waiting for you. You just got to go find it. All right, let's talk about the offense. Ultimately, 42 points versus a very salty Troy defense. Um I, I was very pleased with it. Again, uh, I, I think we'll talk about it here in a minute, but the offensive line, probably, not probably, they left some stuff to be des- uh, desired. I think uh, I think they've seen enough. I think we're going to see a change uh, until Duffy's back. Um, but even, again, even as frustrated as we were with the offense at times and and again i i got a little frustrated in the second quarter there were a couple drives even you know in the third quarter where it's like oh man you would have really liked some points you still put up 42 points on the team that had the second highest active fbs winning streak in the nation only georgia had won more games in a row than troy coming into that game um so ultimately, I really loved what Colin Klein was doing. I loved what you saw some from the from some of the skill players. And again, let's just jump into it. Will Howard going for 250 yards passing, um, three touchdowns. Yes, one interception, 21 of 32, uh, and then he had two rushing touchdowns as well, uh, and he had a net of uh, 33 uh, yards rushing, average for 4.1 uh, per rush. Long of 15. Let's talk about Will Howard because uh, I, I, I'm i doing a better job staying off my phone during the games. Nothing good can come through tweeting through it, live tweeting, posting on mess. Nothing good can come from that. I'm trying to do a better job, um, but you, you see it after the game. You, you see some of the, the frustration with Will Howard. And look, I get it. There were a couple passes that he threw that you 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 probably like oh man what was he seeing there the interception that was that was bad now whether or not there was miscommunication with RJ Garcia there what Will was seeing versus what was supposed to happen we're never going to find that type of stuff out Will Howard is when you want to talk about a professional Will Howard he's always been good in front of the media uh, those first two years when he had to come in uh, in relief of Skyler when he was hurt. Um, it's okay to call a spade a spade. He was handed a horrible hand, but he has always been a professional. He has always been great in front of the media. Even if something was happening 
on that interception, uh, wh- whether you know RJ was supposed to you know run through it or there's some miscommunication there, you would never know it. Um, but we are at a point in K State football with a quarterback we think highly enough and of an offensive coordinator calling plays that fans were getting pissed and trying to say, oh, he was just average on a day where he threw for 250 yards, three touchdown passes, and rushed for another two. How many games has a K-State quarterback had that sort of stat line? Five total touchdowns, 250 in the air, another 33 on the ground. I mean, there have not been a lot of games like that in K-State football history. And we're just kind of like, oh, ho-hum, whatever. I mean, come on, guys. That 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 was a that was a very good game from Will Howard. And again, I think it it speaks to the expectations of K State fans and where we are that there there that there was this discourse on Twitter during and after the game, trying to say some folks trying to say it wasn't you know a good game from Will Howard. Now l- l- let's talk critically. Let let's kind of put 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 the cards on the table. All these different poker metaphors, however we want to. Yes, it, it was a bad throw on that interception. And yes, he tried to force a couple other balls that could have been interceptions as well. I I think Will even himself would probably say he got a little lucky to only have one interception. All of that is true. All of that is true. I'm not trying to. I'm not trying to be Mr. K-State, Mr. Homer guy or anything like that. Yes. But let's talk about everything he did right. Let's talk about, you know, the reason why he thought he could make that play uh, in the end zone to RJ, throwing that deep ball. Did we see what happened in the third quarter? Or was it the fourth quarter? In the fourth quarter when he, he had one of the best drop-in-the-bucket throws and then catches from Jaden Jackson? I mean, did, did we not see some of those plays that he made last year? Again, I mentioned it even last year, and I mentioned it in some of the uh, preseason stuff, the build-up stuff, that Will Howard has this extreme confidence in himself and his wide receivers, and that's why he starts to make some of those throws. I have no issues. If, if Will is feeling himself, if he's confident, if he thinks he sees something, okay, go for it, kid. Go for it. Yeah, I was frustrated with the interception. And I, I was worried until we got that Phillip Brooks touchdown, which, again, great throw to set him up to get in space. And also that throw to Jane Jackson on that touchdown, amazing throw, put it right on the numbers. Now, you know, things are a, li- a little silly with the Trayshawn Ward, just a little flip forward. Uh, that's a pass. Hey, it is what it is. Pad those stats. But then him in the running game, again, Holding it, calling some read options. Will uh, Colin Klein calling some read options. Him showing that he can be a threat with his feet, whether in the middle of the field or at the goal line. Look, I think if you're trying to grade out Will Howard, I think this is a solid B game. And the fact that he's putting up that stat line with a B-level game, I think that says a lot about the evolution of Will Howard, evolution of the Colin Klein offense, and the skill players that we put around Will Howard. Absolutely pumped to see what he can do versus uh, Missouri on the road. Uh, first road game of the season. 
Um, and, and truthfully, I, I think that he is going to continue to set him up. He's on pace right now to set the singles uh, single season touchdown pass record. Um, again, I, I think that's going to be a fun record to keep track of, to see him tracking towards. I think we could see it. I, I really do. Um, I was very pleased with the with the game Will Howard had. Um, let me know. Let me know your guys' thoughts. If you guys think I'm being too much of a homer, I'm open to hearing that. I'm open to having that conversation. Let's have the back and forth on Twitter. Tweet me at Scott Wildcat at Bosco's Boys. Let me know your thoughts on Will Howard's game because again, it seemed to be one that uh, had a lot of back and forth on Twitter before or during and after the game. So you guys, I, I'm 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 free to hear if you guys think I'm being uh, too much of a homer. Moving into the running backs, and, and honestly, I think this is going to be relatively short because a lot of it is going to go back to conversations about the offensive line. Um, I think they're fine. I think on most occasions, both DJ and Trayshawn picked up just about everything that you could have hoped for. DJ Giddens, 52 yards, average of 4.3 per touch. Uh, Trayshawn Ward, 58, average of 3.6. Trayshawn had a long of 20. DJ had a long of 17. Again, when they had the opportunities to stretch their legs, to pick up big chunks, I think they're able to get it in the receiving game. DJ had, uh, what, uh, one catch for seven yards. Trayshawn had two for 11, um, including the uh, touchdown that he had. Um, look, I, I, I think they both did a good job. I think, I think DJ, I almost think that... Uh, and this is probably the smart thing, but you can see the evolution of him as a running back because he's no longer seeking out that contact. He is um, he's going out there and he's trying to make guys miss, and he is making guys miss. There are a couple times where you know he was knocked off balance. He's able to stay on his feet and pick up the yardage for first downs. Um, I would have loved to see DJ get in the end zone. Um, I'm a big DJ fan, but hell, I'm a big Trey Sean fan too. I think this is maybe one of the better one-two punches we've had. Granted, DJ and Deuce were really good last year, and you know there was there were some uh, you know over the last 20 years. But I do think it could go down as maybe the number two or number three one-two punch at running back. Um, and, and, and these two guys are doing it without a true number one. Again, I think we're going to see uh, games. Um, you know, every every week it could be uh, someone different. Again, uh, this week Trayshawn had more yards from scrimmage. Last week DJ had a big week. I think one of those two guys are going to go for at least 110 versus Missouri next week. Uh, so uh, let me know what you guys think from the running backs. Ultimately. Um, we're, we're going to move into the offensive line and talk about why they didn't have a bigger game. Uh, look, I, I, I think, I don't think you can, I don't think you can play anyone except for Cooper Beebe at right tackle. Um, moving forward until Christian Duffy's back. Um, and really, it sucks that it has to be that way because Cooper Beebe is so good at left guard and the tandem of him and KT on the left side is so dominant. Um, but, you know, Carver Willis could could get to a point where hopefully next year, hopefully another year of practicing, that we can have him out there. But he is, 
He's just whiffing on too much. He's just allowing, because uh, again, he had uh, two or three times uh, this past week where he completely whiffed on a guy and allowed free shots on Will, uh, free shots on the running backs, um, and you just can't have that. You just can't have that. Now, I think as uh, you know, the game went on. I think you know the beginning and the end. I think the offensive line was very good. Um, but in that middle, I mean, we just hit a point uh, in the middle of the game where we could not run the ball. We were hitting a point in the middle of the game where um, Will was, you know, having the pocket collapse in on him. And, and you can't have games like that. You, you just cannot have games like that. And, uh, again, when you lack that success rate, when you lack that really poor yards per carry in the running game, um, it really comes back to the offensive line. Now, I know Connor Riley has a lot of pride. I know these guys are capable of doing it. We saw it last year. It took a while for this offensive line to really get up to speed and deliver on that big season that had all of us thinking, all right, this could be one of the best offensive lines in the country. Um, I think they'll get there. I think at times we saw that uh, on Saturday. But again, it's the lack of consistency. It's not that, hey, this is a bad offensive line. They can't do anything, all that type of stuff. They're lacking that consistency, that high level of, uh, of play, uh, series in and series out. So hoping as it moves forward, uh, they, they get better. And I'll also say this. I said this a few times last year. Um, I, I think that... Offensive line play, no matter what level of football you're watching, you always probably underrate your own offensive line because you're watching them every single week. Every mistake you they make, you see it. Every time they miss an assignment, you see it. You're not seeing that anyone else because, quite frankly, when you're watching a game just to watch it, you're really just focusing on uh, the outcome of the play. You're not ever trying to diagnose what's going on with your with, with an offensive line or anything like that. So again, I, I think K State fans again, it was not a good game. This is not this is not the same as Will Howard having a stat line that you rarely see from K State quarterbacks and me saying, "Oh man, you know, I was a little surprised to see some of the reaction." Um, because I understand the reaction from the offensive line, and again, I think I think changes need to be made, and, and it's it's you, you no longer have the luxury of trying to figure things out. You have to make the executive decision that until Christian Duffy is back, and until you have that belief in Christian Duffy, you have to be playing Cooper Beebe on the outside. Um, and, and there's no going back. You don't have that luxury anymore. So uh, I understand it. I get it. I do think, uh, myself included, I, I do think fans are always tougher on their own, own offensive line than anyone from the outside who might be watching the game. Um, I'll, I'll briefly touch on Ben Sennett. Only had one catch for a handful of yards. Uh, again, uh, when, when you talk about it, um, in, in the game, I probably thought it was worse then after I rewatched it, and that's similar to the offensive line as well. I thought it was much worse uh, when I was watching it live than when I rewatched it. Um, there, there are a couple plays where I was specifically watching Ben Sennett when he was blocking, and he just whiffed. He just missed completely, didn't make any contact at all, and it led to guys blowing plays up. Uh, when I rewatched it, I, I saw a handful of plays where he blocked really well. 
Um, and he was getting doubled all day in the passing game. Uh, they, they were trying to do motion. They were trying to do some different things. But ultimately, Troy said he is the guy we're taking out in the passing game. Uh, and, and quite frankly, they did. So credit to Troy. Again, I don't think it's anything to worry about. Uh, I thought it was going to be something where uh, K-State could exploit. But they were selling it out. If if Ben Sennett was going out, if he was not in a blocking situation, they had two guys on him. So it's nothing I'm going to lose sleep over. I'm not worried about it because you know what? If teams are going to dedicate two guys uh, all game to try to stop Ben Sennett, that's going to allow a guy like Jaden Jackson to go over the top. That's going to allow Keegan Johnson to come dragging across. Hell, that's part of what allowed Phillip Brooks to have that big catch and run at the end of the first half. So, uh, look, if, if that's what teams are going to do, that's what teams are going to do, and Will Howard's going to find the other guys. Let's talk about the wide receivers. Phillip Brooks, what a game for Phillip Brooks. First, he gets his first rushing touchdown, which I thought was kind of wild, uh, but seven catches for 94 yards, a touchdown, long of 39. How about that field vision? How about that uh, wherewithal of where you are on the field to get that touchdown that completely changed everyone's mood going into halftime? Being able to get that, get up field, and again, a younger, less experienced wide receiver, they're thinking, oh, hey, I'm getting out of bounds. I'm getting out of bounds. And that's what I was, I was like, get out, get out, get out. What does this guy do? He turns on the Jets, turns the quarter, Scores a touchdown. Absolute massive game for Philly Brooks. After what kind of was, he, he, he caught a little bit of flack. And, and he, you know, th- there's a couple routes that he, he kind of gave up on in the SEMO game. He turned around and he was the guy. The guy. Yesterday. And he was that safety blanket for Will. Andy went out and made big plays. Pumped for Philip Brooks. Jaden Jackson, 77 yards on four catches, caught all four balls that came his way, got back in the end zone, and man, I am pumped, pumped for Jaden Jackson. Again, a guy who couldn't get on the field last year after transferring in from Ole Miss, a guy that you heard a lot of good things about in the spring, things kind of quieted down in the fall camp, summer camp period, Uh, but get in the end zone, opening touchdown for the first two games of the season. First guy to do that since Darren Sproles back in 2003. Um, And again, one of the best catches you're going to see all season. That absolute drop in the bucket. A fingertip catch uh, from Will to Jaden Jackson. One of the best plays you're going to see all season. Um, And you got to give a ton of credit to him. Keegan Johnson. I'll go to to RJ Garcia next. Uh, He had eight targets. Only got three grabs uh, for 31 yards. Again, not the big night we saw in the opener, uh, but you could see, hey, that's where Will Howard was going now. I think some of those numbers, like the eight targets, a lot of those were throwing away. One of them was that interception. Um, I, I'm, I'm definitely not selling any of my RJ Garcia stock. I thought he got, I thought he was going to get in. I think it's probably the correct call, uh, but he almost got into pay dirt. Uh, so I, I, I'm not, I'm not worried about it at all. I'm just glad to kind of see some of the other distribution. But let's talk about. Keegan Johnson. He gets out there. He has three grabs for 25 yards. You can see that rapport he already has with Will Howard. You can see that quick speed. I don't know if it's game breaking, like 
top end speed. Like, oh, once he's going, no one can catch him. But he has a really great first step. And he has a lot of agility once he gets that ball in his hand. He made a couple guys move or miss. And, and I'm so glad. He, he got targeted, what I say. He caught three, was targeted four times. And this is exactly what I wanted to see before the Missouri game. Because, again, K-State's offense is going to be at his best if he can be a legitimate weapon. Now, again, I think you're going to ramp it up. I don't think he's going to lead the wide receivers in snaps next week. But I do think, hey, you're going to see him mixing in in the first half. Chris Kleiman said, hey, we knew we were going to play him, but we didn't want him to have to get warm, cool off you know, at halftime, and then try to go back out there in the second half. So the plan was always going to be for him to uh, come in in the second half. And we saw him play throughout the second half, and I thought he looked really good. I was so happy to see it. And again, I think it's going to take that offense to the next level. Let me know what you guys think about uh, the offense. Ultimately, I was pleased with it. 42 points. Again, uh, perfect in the red zone. Five red zone trips. Five red zone touchdowns. Then you had the one touchdown from Phillip Brooks, which was a big play outside of the red zone. Um, again, there were some frustrations. Again, there were some short fields where you had to punt. Again, it should have been more. Um, but again, I, I don't think I'm going to let good, uh, I, I'm not going to, you know, let perfect be the enemy of good. You know, I think that it was a very good game for the K-State offense. And I'm not going to let, uh, you know, you know, a couple bad drives, a couple bad throws, take anything away from that performance. I will sign up for 42 points against a salt. And honestly, look, the front seven, the especially the defensive line for Troy, we heard them with the Troy boys. Those were the players. You know, they said, hey, you're, you're going to have some success targeting guys on the outside. And, and we did. These guys on the inside, their front seven, they did a very good job. And speaking of a good job, Charlie Hustle did a great job keeping me outfitted for that first first and second game, and they will throughout the entire season. I was rocking my K-State helmet tee from Charlie Hustle, got tons of compliments. I did have a couple people stop me and say, oh, you're not supposed to wear lavender at football games. I just kind of laughed and said, hey, if you had this Charlie Hustle shirt, you'd be rocking it too. It was comfortable, kept me cool all game long. Absolutely loved it. You should love it too. Head over to charliehustle.com. Folks, we got a, we got a, a giveaway coming soon. Keep your eyes on at Bosco's Boys on Twitter so you can hopefully win your own K-State t-shirt here soon. All right, let's get to the defense. Again, absolutely massive game. When you look at what they were able to do, uh, what Vital was able to do. Now, he ended up with 83. <laughs> So, it wasn't as great as it was looking. But he got 46 of them on that one play. Yes, we we gave up that one big play, but for the most part. And even with that included, they had 70 yards. You know, because you you had three guys who ended up with negative yards. And I thought it all started with the guys up front. Now, it was... They gave a lot of different looks compared to to the SEMO game. I saw a ton of stunts. I saw all sorts of movement by the guys up front. And 
I don't know. Like, look, the, I, I think it was successful, but I kind of just want Uso to pin his ears back, get in the backfield, and raise some havoc instead of doing all these, you know, stunts and twists and all this type of stuff. Granted, it was successful, so that's why I'm not a defensive coordinator. Um, but ultimately, they were winning the line of scrimmage almost every single play. Um, there was very few plays in which they were losing ground, they were getting beat or anything like that. And then when they were passing, there were very few p- plays where their quarterback was able to stand back there and uh, have a clean p- pocket all the way through. It was a great game for the defensive line. Uh, starting with Uso, he had uh, two total tackles. Um, he got the fumble recovery. He was winning his matchups the entire game. I loved the game that we saw from uh, Uso. Damian Alalio, he got a QB hit. And he's a guy who... who, who uh, he brings a little fire. He brings a little bit of trash talk that you can see out there. And I really loved seeing what he was able to do out there on the field uh, and have him him and Uso kind of be that one-two punch. Uh, now, Banks, uh, he comes out there on obvious passing situations. It doesn't look like he registered any sacks um, or not any stats, excuse me. Um, but I, I, I do like where the defensive tackle... Uh, ended up for us. I know there were some concerns, especially when there was talk about Uso being banged up, but I, I think that trio is doing a good job uh, so far this season. Now, you need Uso healthy, you need need Damian Alalio to continue to take steps up, and you need Banks to be good in those uh, you know pressure the quarterback situations, and I think he will be. I think he will be. Uh, talking about guys on the edge, how about Khalid Duke? How about Khalid Duke? Uh, credited for three tackles for a loss, credited with two sacks on the game for 16 yards of sack uh, uh, sack yards, credited with a forced fumble, and still, that fishing celebration is top-notch. Khalid Duke, I think, is going to be in the running for defensive player of the game, uh, or n- not of the game, obviously for the game, but of the conference. I think he's going to be in the running for defensive Big 12 uh, player of the year. I think he's going to lead the Big 12 in sacks. This guy is an absolute menace to society, and I absolutely love it. And then Nate Matlack got a, a sack as well. I don't know if it was like a chainsaw celebration or what, um, but those guys both were having great games. Brendan Mott with a uh, forced fumble as well. And I, I think we're seeing exactly what you wanted to out of the edges. I said it a million times on the podcast in the offseason that, yes, you are losing an All-American. You're losing a future Ring of Honor guy in Felix Anudike Uzama. You're losing a first-round draft pick. But I don't think you're going to be losing the production that you want to see from the edge. And that's not even including Toby Swami, Toby O, the purple tsunami, whatever you want to call him. Um, that's not even counting him because he's a linebacker. Um, I thought the defensive line is quickly becoming maybe... <clears throat> is it is it the best unit on the team? I don't know, man. They have looked great through two games. Let's see what they do versus Missouri. Let's see what they look like uh, versus UCF. But I, th- I have a feeling that we might be sitting here going into that bye week and saying, wow, the defensive line might be the best unit on the defense, might be the best unit on the team. 
I think they're playing that well. Let's move into the linebackers, which the linebackers, we knew everything that we had in the linebackers. Look, you're bringing back Awesome you're bringing back Daniel Green. You had Desmond Purnell, who uh, had one of the best camps in uh, or on the team. And those three guys, those starters, had an absolute massive game. Austin Moore, he was all over the field, two tackles for a loss, led the team with five tackles, Daniel or with six tackles. Daniel Green got back in the mix. He had four tackles. He was flying around a lot better than he was last week. Desmond Purnell, four uh, tackles. He had a pass breakup as well. I saw a few folks kind of like whispering about uh, Desmond Purnell after last week. And I was a little confused by that because, again, I think you, you just have um, guys who will run around. And just because you don't end up with a ton of tackles or something like that uh, doesn't mean you played a bad game. He was assignment sound. He was in the mix on a ton of stuff. But we saw it this game. You know, the accounting stats, he was able to cause some havoc with a pass breakup. He was able to find four uh, tackles. Uh, on the game again I think a a great game for the linebackers I think a lot of it with the linebackers if you're able to clean up all that mess in front of them and allow them to play untouched allow them to be those heat seeking missiles going to the ball um, that that makes their job a lot easier so when you have a defensive line that I think is exceeding expectations it allows those linebackers to be the playmakers they are Uh, so again Austin Moore um, he's he's going to be an all Big Twelve type of guy. I know I was you know trying to say okay hey you know Daniel Green he's going to be healthy he's going to be the guy at linebacker. This is not taking anything away from Daniel Green. I just think Austin Moore is the truth. I think Austin Moore is the real deal. And I think when it's all said and done, Austin Moore is going to be first team all Big 12. And he's going to have some games. He's going to have a couple games this year where he's the Big 12 Defensive Player of the Week. Austin Moore is the real deal. Let's talk on the young guys. Uh, Let's talk about Toby Osanswamy, Toby O, the Purple Tsunami, whatever you want to call him. Toby O... On his sack, so he had the fourth sack, and he had the third forced fumble. Absolutely murdered the guy. His first step, his pure athletic ability, he is an absolute weapon. He kind of reminds me of Mike Moore from those uh, you know early 2010s years where he's a linebacker, but his first step and his speed and his athletic ability off the edge makes him an absolute menace just pure havoc coming off the edge uh on unsuspecting teams you know he he's murdered a couple running backs at this point absolutely took the head off the troy quarterback causing that fumble that uso i mean hell if uso just would have you know looked up a little bit and seen hey he could pick that thing up and go score a touchdown i think the entire stadium would have imploded from cheering so hard uh but uso falls on the ball um but tobio Absolute menace out there. And then let, let's talk a little bit about Austin Romaine and Asa Newsome. Um, look, your backup linebackers, uh, two true freshmen and a redshirt freshman, and that's even without Jake Clifton, who is a true sophomore, who I think, like I said, I, I, I'm anticipating him being back for that Oklahoma State game. At least that's what I'm hoping to hear. Um I don't think Asa Newsom got on the stat sheet, but Austin Romaine ended up with two tackles. Again, these are two crazy athletic linebackers. And again, we're seeing the change in the recruiting 
for K-State football. The level of athlete that they're bringing in now is so far above any other time in the history of K-State football. It's just amazing. And again, the game of football has changed. I said this in the Q&A show last year or last week. Um, of course, you know, the, those late 90s, early 2000s teams that, you know, they're putting five, six guys in the NFL every year. You know, I'm, I'm not taking away from anything, any of that at all. But there have never been bigger, faster, and stronger guys playing at K-State football. And that just brings a new entertainment value. Um, seeing those three young linebackers out there just taking heads off on kickoff coverage, second to none, man. They're on the side of the field uh, with uh, Shane Porter on kickoff uh, coverage, and, th- and that is the most entertaining thing in the world. If you love old school football, you see all these fast guys going down with no, you know, no worry about public safety, just going down to hit people. That is fun to watch. Let's move into the secondary, and, and what a game it was from the secondary. I want to start with Jacob Parrish. I think he ended up getting credited with three pass breakups. This guy is everything you want in a player. Jacob Parrish hands up with three tackles. Oh, they only give him credit for two pass breakups, but I, I think he had three. He was all over the place. He's a true sophomore, and again, this is only the second game he's ever started. Jacob Parrish, the only thing he needs to do is make sure he's using the thumbs down celebration. Jacob Parrish, if you're hearing this, do the thumbs down celebration, please. It's my favorite thing. But he's great. He's in the guy's hip pocket. He wasn't flagged for anything, which, you know, in modern football, that's something just to be said in itself. I thought he was absolutely amazing. And so was Will Lee. Will Lee gets his first interception as a K-State Wildcat. Uh, Will Lee the third, he got credited with six tackles. So he's a guy who's trying to mix things up. He uh, was credited with a uh, one and a half tackles for a loss as well. Uh, or no, uh, just one. He, he was uh, credited for uh, one tackle for a loss. Uh, and again, 11 yards on that interception return. Will Lee is a dude who wants to come up and play physical football. Again, he reminds me so much of Julius Brents from last year. He's going to be a future pro. Now, I don't know if it's going to be this upcoming year or the following year, but he's going to be a future pro similar to Julius Brents, who's going to be a second or third round draft pick. He is that good, and we're really starting to see him live up to the hype. Uh, VJ Payne, five tackles. Uh, one pass breakup. Again, solid game from him. He almost had an interception. Again, those safeties are able, when, when uh, the, the linebackers are able to play free without getting touched, that then forces for high throws in the middle of the field, which bring in the safeties with chances to break up plays and get interceptions. VJ Payne played absolutely awesome. Uh, Kobe Savage credited with three tackles. Uh, he, he was called for a holding penalty, which I thought was a horrible call. Um, whatever it is, what it is. Kobe Savage, he's solid. Every single game he's out there, he's solid. I'm gonna talk about Marquis Siegel. His first game back, he absolutely laid the hit. Uh, he he only had two tackles, but both of them were absolute 
hit sticks, and one of them was on one of those uh, wide receiver screens, and he was just like, let me introduce myself, and boom, he blew the play up. I thought he was awesome, and I think those three guys at safety, and again, this isn't to take anything away from Colby McAllister, but I think those three guys are the real deal at safety. We saw a few other guys uh, rotate in. We saw McAllister. We saw Jordan Wright get in there a few times. Um but I, I think I think this is the three, and I, I think that they did a great job. And again, I think that uh, Will Lee and Jacob Parrish are the real deal as well. Um, we saw Keenan Garber kind of get mossed on a little bit, uh, but those were just elite plays by their wide receivers. So I'm not going to really hold that against them. But I do think that in the secondary, I think we know who our five guys are. And I'm getting to the point where it's like, okay, I'm ready to just lock in and say, hey, here are our five. Rotate when necessary. But these are our guys. Let's just feed into that. So that's what we have for the defense. Again, all in all, uh, I, I think an A- minus type of game for them. Uh, I, I don't think you can – I don't think there's much more else you could have asked for from the defense. I'm pumped. I, I'm, I'm ready to see what they can do versus uh, Missouri. I think that's going to be a good test. I think Luther Burden is maybe going to be the best wide receiver we see all year. Granted, we, we saw quite a few good ones from uh, Troy as well, but I, I think Burden might be the best one we see. We'll talk about that more midweek, uh, but I think they're going to be up for the challenge. Uh, before we grade our keys of ease, I want to just talk about how much I love Manhattan Brewing Company again. I had a couple of the townie wheats on Saturday after the game, and it truly was the most refreshing thing ever. Ever Now, I want everyone to hydrate. We here at Bosco's Boys, we're all about getting that gallon of water a day. But man, nothing hits the spot quite like a towny wheat after a hot game out in the sun. And like I said, I'm going to be bringing some of that to Columbia with me because you know I want my victory beer and that beer to be a Manhattan Brewing Company uh, 16-ouncer straight from the four-pack. Boom. Make sure you get a couple four-packs the next time you're in the uh, brewery and enjoy yourself responsibly, but it's delicious. I'm going <laughs> to, honestly, I'm probably going to have another one. I'm probably going to have another one tonight after we wrap this up. I think so. Oh, so good. All right, let's grade the keys to V from last week. The first one was slow down their rushing attack. Look, I know they had that one big run. Um, but look, I think we did a great job. They were averaging, their running back was averaging over 10 yards a touch, uh, last week. He was nowhere near that. Ultimately, what, what did he average? He averaged 4.9, um, in the running game and he didn't, he didn't register a catch. Look, I think that is an absolute massive win. K-State, I believe is leading the nation in yards per game in rush defense. So, look, I think that's getting an A+. I, I think that was about as perfect as it can get. K-State's rushing defense is amazing. And they shut down maybe, probably one of the top four, four or five running backs we're going to see this season. Uh, so, massive performance in a massive game. Um Don't need the war, or do not need the warm-up period for offensive line. Um, look, they actually, look, they, 
the first few drives actually weren't that bad. Um, but the offensive line as a whole, I mean, I think you have to give a C minus to. So, I mean, look, I it, it wasn't great at times. I mean, it, it was a pure F for a couple drives uh, and a couple plays. It was like just a straight up F, a failure. Um, but, you know, there are other times and there are some plays where everything was blocked to perfection. So, I'm going to give them a C minus. Maybe that's too too nice of a grade. But, you know... It is what it is. I'm just I'm just gonna say C minus. I really hope things look better versus Missouri. Uh, force some turnovers. We we're able to force two. I'm gonna give it a B plus. Uh, no, I'm just gonna give it a regular B because um, it was like the second to last play of the game to get the second one. Uh, there are a couple more we should have had. Ultimately, we are causing havoc. We are putting ourselves in position of forced turnovers. We're gonna need a few more of them again next week. Um, but force turnovers, uh, no, B+. Plus. If you force two, you have to get, get a B+. Plus. So that's uh, B+. Plus. And then the final one is don't overlook Troy, giving that an A+. Plus. Look, you almost win by 30. Um, I mean, look, I don't think anyone's going to sit here and say K-State played great. It was an A-plus game across the board. No, you didn't. It, it was not that, but you blew them out. Outside of like, you know, a kind of nervy, like three minutes there in the second quarter, the game was never in doubt. So, look, they didn't overlook them. It was a massive win, A-plus on that one. Before we hand out the game awards, again, Charlie Hustle is the spot to be, uh, you know, if you like uh, a certain team that plays in Arrowhead Stadium, if you like Kansas City icon stuff, if you have some friends who maybe uh, don't aren't blessed to be K-State fans, they have all sorts of officially licensed college apparel. You know they have the best K-State gear in the world, Kansas City icon stuff, the Arrowhead collection, they have it all. And guess what, folks? I was looking at the weather. I'm about to declare it crew next season. So I'm going to be getting my crew necks out of the closet and I'm going to be rocking a Charlie Hustle crew neck basically seven days a week from now until May. So for the next however many months that is, I'm not going to worry about math right now. But you know it's the real deal once it starts getting in the 50s when you wake up. It's almost crew neck season. The most comfortable crew necks, most stylish crew necks in the world are over at Charlie Hustle. All right. Uh, look, the game balls and game awards. We have the offensive game ball, the defensive game ball, the swagger sticker, and the Chauncey. He's got that dog in him award. The boneheads give get to give out some awards. I give out an award. Uh, so let's get to it. For the offensive game ball, we had predominantly, I mean, really it was, I mean, we had a couple, we had a couple nominations, but Philly Brooks is the one who was getting the most love. And I, I think, I think he does deserve it. Uh, two touchdowns from scrimmage over a hundred yards total. Didn't quite get to his, uh, you know, his, uh, career number when it comes to receiving yards uh but two touchdowns i think over 100 yards from scrimmage absolutely he made the play of the game on that catch and run um at the end of the second quarter so he he i think that is very deserving from the boneheads my offensive game ball i'm going to will howard 
Look, again, we, we talked about it at the top of the show. Some people might say I'm being too easy on him. I don't think so at all. The guy had 250 yards passing, three passing touchdowns, and two rushing touchdowns as well. Again, it was not a good interception, not an interception you want to see. Both interceptions he's thrown this year, I think, are the result of him thinking, hey, I can make that throw and believing in his guys to go up and make a play. Again, you need to clean it up, especially from here moving forward. Every single game is losable. You're playing real deal teams from here on out. There's a real chance every team, except for probably Houston, for, from here on out on the schedule end up making a bowl game. Every game is going to be a dogfight. You can't be giving up the ball. But he's he's making throws that we haven't seen since even Josh Freeman. I, I legitimately think he's the best thrower of the football since Josh Freeman. That includes Jake Waters. I think he throws the football better than Jake Waters. I think he's making plays with his arm that we haven't seen, again, since Josh Freeman. Um, so I, I think he's a very deserving recipient of the offensive game ball this week. For defense, uh, there was a lot of them. There, there was a lot of Will Lee. There was some Purnell. There's some Austin Moore. Um, there's some Marquis Siegel. But I think it looks like Jacob Parrish got the most for defensive game ball from the Boneheads. So he's going to get it. We talked about how great of a game he had. Again, he was able to be right in the pocket of his wide receiver the entire game. He is, again, the real deal. Just give me the thumbs down celebration. I think he is turning himself into an absolute shut down corner. And he's going to be the you know cornerstone, the crown jewel, whatever metaphor you want to use of the defense for a couple more years, even beyond this one. When it comes to Swagger Sticker, a lot of different ones. It Oh, no, no. For, for my uh, defensive uh, player of uh, the game... I'm gonna go with uh, I'm gonna go with Khalid Duke, um, absolute menace, absolutely shutting things down on the outside. Again, he probably could have won the Swagger sticker with that celebration, and he was a nominee, someone who uh, got a lot of um, a lot of shoutouts. Um, but he had a massive game. I think he's gonna lead the league in sacks. Um, I'm going with Khalid Duke for my defensive game ball. The Swagger Sticker, lots of different nominees. uh, But I think the one that I saw the most of is Will Lee. Um, He, again, he he just exudes confidence. He's not afraid to jaw. He's not afraid to mix it up. He's not afraid to get in guys' faces. So I think Will Lee definitely is a deserving recipient of the Swagger Sticker. From the Boneheads. My Swagger Sticker. Let's go to Jaden Jackson. He has that nice little celebration. little heart celebration. He was celebrating out there when he made big plays. He was hyping the crowd up. I'm going with Jaden Jackson for the Swagger Sticker. And then the Chauncey Bosco. He's got that dog in him award. Is going to. He's he's liking Marquis Siegel. He liked Chauncey was liking the boom that he was bringing, especially on that uh, on, on that wide receiver screen. So Marquis Siegel is getting that he's got that dog in him award. So the offensive game balls are going to 
Philly Brooks and Will Howard. Defensive game balls going to Jacob Parrish and to Khalid Duke. The Swagger Stickers going to Will Lee, the Wildcat, uh, which is a fun nickname that's getting penned on um, on Twitter. Uh, and Jaden Jackson. And then the Chauncey Bosco, he's got that dog in him award, is going to Marquis Siegel. That wraps us up, folks. Again, make sure you check out all the shows that we're dropping the rest of the week. Tomorrow we'll have a Q&A show. On Wednesday we'll have my preview of the K-State-Missouri game. Thursday you'll hear a recording of the live show that will occur Excuse me, on Wednesday. And then Friday we're going to have the Whip Around show. So thank you so much. Folks, we're off to a super hot month uh, here at Bosco's Boys HQ. Um, on pace to have the most downloaded month in the history of the show. Uh, so thank you so much for all the support. Pass it on to a couple friends who might like listening to a fan and his dog talk about the cats. Uh, so that's all. We'll talk to you tomorrow. So for Chauncey Bosco, the best boy in the world, we love you guys and go cats. It's time to get set for the cat attack. You can feel it coming on for Kansas State. The feeling's growing strong. You can join in the action. This is where you wanna be with Kansas State. Come on, set your spirit free. Kansas State, our pride is with the cats. Kansas State, come on, join the cat attack. Kansas State, excitement's in the air. Podcast Network.